Hey, welcome to Love the Bomb, a podcast all about performers' worst nightmares bombing on stage. I'm one of your hosts, Lauren Hutton, me with me as always. I'm the other one of your hosts, Luke Fagenbush. Yeah! And with me for this one, hey, it's Rena. Rena. <laughs> Rena, calm. Are you sure? Yeah, it's Rena Calm. Wow, we're off to a great start. I can't wait to see how this goes. (laughs) Oh my god, where can people find you? Online, not like in a van down by the river. (laughs) I am literally in a parking lot. Rivers all across this great nation. Yeah, rivers and roads. Uh, Check out the internet. Heard of it? You can find me at Rena Calm. It's a pretty unique name. (laughs) I mean, it's just it's not like I'm the only Rena Calm. I think. So if you see Arena Calm, that is me. Unless, actually, no, I've had people make weird porny accounts that are using my name and likeness to try to sell oh. fake. I'm not selling nudes. So it's if you see that, that's not me, but it is my name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And please report it on Instagram. They won't do anything, but please report it. And after you do that, check out our album. Did I just plug my creeps? I think you did on accident. Find them, report them. Rena Calm on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter (laughs) and Facebook. I got a business page. I got a personal page. Friend Limit is hit at the personal page, but you can follow it. I post all the time. I'm a slave to the groove. So <laughs> find me on the jams on the grams and then YouTube. Man, I'm everywhere. And my album. So if you go to any of my profiles on these websites, you'll find a link tree to all my stuff, which includes my album and my book and my my wiki feet. Um, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google it, dude. Yeah. Uh, also, look at the other intros. I mess up lots of people's names. I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I know, but just know <laughs> that I do. <laughs> I didn't do any research before this podcast. I'm not doing research after it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Or. <laughs> We won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time this airs, it'll be too late. Yeah, Perfect. you'll already be on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun that you talk about, uh, you know, posting other people's shows and the boomerangs on Instagram and other people, like you feeling the weight of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when's the first time that you felt the responsibility of somebody else's dopamine? Like my, I have PTSD, so my whole entire life. Oh, that's just been an ongoing thing. Yeah, right on. Yeah, (laughs) just fortunately for your career, your brain's just kind of wired like that now. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't feel comfortable using any of these words. (laughs) Fortunately. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that's that's my best. You do. You do make me feel like better and worse about me complaining about like oh, I'm doing two podcasts because I spent the morning like walking the dogs and watching 30 Rock. And <laughs> All I want to do today is go to the gym and it's probably not going to happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. The so, one thing on the Because I list. have to do Instagram. So like I probably can't do self-care today. I can't clean my car. Oh, and like yeah. I, it takes hours to rearrange. Anyway, 
I'm going to be in a good mood, but like, let's get into it because I got shit to do. <laughs> Are we recording? Are oh, yeah. This yeah. is all part of the show. Oh, usually there's like an intro. <laughs> oh, we do that at the end. <laughs> Welcome okay. to us. Okay, cool. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know we had we, started yet. Usually no, you no, tell you people. Were, you, you like to sneak it in on them. I don't yeah. like that. I'm going to say that right now. I feel like you guys are bombing introing this podcast. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, First welcome to us. You get it. Yeah. I would like to know when we've... I think that's also a legal thing. You need to let people know when you've started filming them. Legally, we have begun. Cool. <laughs> we can't use any of this stuff before that. That's Not good. legally. Yeah, yeah, we'll be breaking the law when also, we do. Well, I just didn't know. Like, I also... I honestly, honestly, I would ask you guys to start when I know we're starting because I don't want to be complaining about people's dopamine that might listen to this. <laughs> No, in all in all seriousness, like nothing has to be part of the show that you don't want to be. We just like roll in easily without a hard starting point. Cool. That's what I mean by it's all part of the show. Yeah. I don't mean everything. That I you've was said. literally in here. I mean, yeah, yeah. I know. Absolutely. No yeah. worries. I didn't absolutely. mention any names and it's fine. But yeah, that's the reality. I don't care anything. I'm not asking for an edit, but like, yeah. I don't know. Let people know that you're starting. <laughs> Let people know that we're, yeah. Okay. At this point, you're just doing favors to our future guests and we're, we're listening. We learn a lesson. I'm done doing episode. favors actually. <laughs> so if we could just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not count on me for that would be great. Uh, <laughs> right. You're here. That's all that we could possibly yeah. ask for. Still very much appreciated. Like <laughs> after you listing all of the things that you have going on while you're in town, I always like envision the comics that I know whenever they roll through Cincinnati it being like a reprieve or a party and like does the work ever stop for no you? it's literally never fucking ending and like i'm not i'm not mad at you for asking that question <laughs> i'm just like amazed that nobody understands that yeah like i don't I I don't have a life. I have only comedy. Yeah. And then it's constantly spinning these plates to keep it afloat and maintained. And like, you know how like when you have a job and you need to find a new job, it's like really hard to like look for another job while you already have a job. Yeah. That's this whole thing. I'm always looking for work to fill my calendar ahead of time. And there's more promo that needs to happen. But there's always trying to be in the moment and meet people and enjoy the places I'm in. Yeah. But like I have, like I'm being like, I'm only agitated on the topic of it about tomorrow and the days that I'm in town and not available because I tried expressing that very clearly last night and it's like, people don't get that. And they, I love people who love comedy. That's what brings us together. But I basically, I said literally like, well, I'm going to be at Go Bananas on Sunday night and then probably a Wednesday and then Monday and Tuesday. I'm nowhere as far as anyone's concerned. Yeah. And the, my friend is like, well, there's a thing at whatever on Tuesday and there's a mic on Monday. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm a vapor. Don't call I'm me. I'm not here. <laughs> and there is the social pressure of like, I really enjoy getting to talk to my friends and meet new people and like connect and all that's like, I don't, like to be on my phone, like while I'm with people. Yeah. So all of the, when you're a headliner, you show up for the show, you're on the clock. As soon as you're setting up your merch, you're thinking about, I wish I could think about my set. I usually have to talk to people. And then right. after the show, all the focus is on you. So like, I would say my like job of the show ended last night, like two hours after the show. You know what I mean? Like the, you're doing interactions with customers and chatting. With, I mean, there's no break. For two full hours? Well, then socializing. But it's like you're the focal point because you're the out-of-towner. So you have to be... 
have you ever tried to eat a meal while people expect you to talk to them? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is all the time of like, Oh, I have things I'd like to do, but you cannot because everybody has questions. And so I'm very into being in the moment and enjoying those like moments with people and like making the most of like, this is our night together. But then Nobody understands and it's extra frustrating because I'll bust my ass trying to promote the shows. But then I just like know people in a lot of these places yeah. and they all want my free time, which is not free. I have, I mean, I, I could cry if I actually started talking about like the things I need to do that are like weighing me down right now. I won't because that's not fun. But <laughs> I would say I'm not really bombing on stage anymore, but I feel like I'm bombing at life because I can't address my own needs ever sometimes yeah. it does feel like you have to pick one to be good at and then the other one just kind of yeah i'm yeah. not settling for that deal but it does yeah. feel that way <laughs> yeah like i'm i'm being adamant about it i'd rather it's also like i'm on the road every day of my life so the novelty of getting to see people has really worn off for me yeah like i'm always excited to see people in places i'm visiting like truly but like just because I'm in town XYZ days, like, okay, we can hang out one day. I don't actually care what you're doing the other two days because I've got shit to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go. I would love to go to the gym. That's like, that would mean, that would feel so good. And that's not on the, that's not going to happen. How long has your life been like this? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I need a therapist. <laughs> you ever have podcasts where the person's like, this should be a therapy session, but I can't afford that. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. When I went on the road full time, it was 2019. And it was this thing that I was excited about and this like uh, really cool thing. And then 2020 turned it into like a situation. Yeah. And I'm in survival mode. I mean, like I'm in hardcore, like full on, like trauma response. I mean, this is like my Vietnam. Holy shit. <laughs> how, how long had you been on the road? How much of 2019 were you full time on the road before 2020 happened? I mean, I left my apartment in Chicago in January of 2019. And then I kind of was staying in Chicago for a couple of months after that at a friend's house because I was supposed to teach a comedy class and then that fell through. So I was staying there for a couple of months. But in January, I moved my stuff down to uh, Texas to my parents' basement. And then um, I was on the road with a person I was dating and we were on the road together, both of us living out of my Prius and in hotels because he had hotels from his job. So that was until um, like June we were together and that breakup was a real like rug pull moment because we were kind of like building this road hobo life together yeah. and then I was on my own. And so I had like three weeks off where I went down to Texas and kind of had a little bit of a breakdown. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, you just uh, back on the road right after that. So uh, three weeks I was off or like two months before I left. I was not, but I was still doing stuff like going out to do shows and yeah. So and, you were in like full swing of it. This is my new life. And yeah. then the world flipped upside down. I mean, closed. like you wouldn't even imagine how, yeah, like I wanted to do comedy in all 50 states was kind of like this goal when I started being on the road. Right. And um, I had planned all of them to, I was going to finish the tour for that goal in April of 2020, May, I think at the latest, 
Um, I had tickets to Alaska and Hawaii and I had all of the plans and arrangements made and all that had to get canceled. So, um, I have added like a couple of those states in, um, my stomach growled as I haven't eaten yet today. I didn't uh, know if that was the that dogs was out stomach. there or if that I was something that. in here. No, my stomach growled. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought it might have been that buffalo chicken wrap fighting back. I just, yeah. <laughs> <the> RVs, <laughs> it hasn't been going down easy. Well, my first years on the road before I was like on the road full time, I like lived on Arby's and so now I'm vegan. Uh, yeah, uh, that's the... <laughs> Yeah. That's how that snaps back. I ate these sliders and cigarettes and that was my whole Hell diet. yeah. They have the meats and they can keep them. Yeah. Uh, so I've tried to make a lot of positive changes for my health just for like to be in my, like in fighting shape. Like I can't, I don't drink. Yeah. Like I can't do this if I'm hungover. Like right. Absolutely There's no way. Not. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, 2020, I found myself without anywhere to go. Uh, cause my parents got rid of their place and that's a whole thing. Um, so I ended up, you can't like ask to stay with people during the pandemic. So, uh, I stayed with people that offered and I'm very grateful that I wasn't actually homeless, but I mean, on paper and dealing with like a lot of things you wouldn't think you need an address for like, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've been trying to just juggle and maintain, um, my stability, which is my own two legs this entire time. Uh, does that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. I think somewhere woven in there was an answer to the question. <laughs> yeah. I have two States left now that, um, I'm going to be in Washington in April and I've been there a bunch, but I've never performed. And then, I think I, I have to, that's another thing I have to do today while I'm at the gym and eating and also doing Instagram, <laughs> I'm going to book a flight to Hawaii. So and podcasting. Thank you very much. Well, this is dedicated time. I'm not multitasking right now. I mean, yeah, maybe therapy, but otherwise like I am focused on the moment. Yeah. Holy smokes. So after all of, all of the nonsense happened in the world shut down, mm-hmm. uh, when were you able to start getting back out the way that you were in 2019? I mean, that's, I don't think there's going to ever, I don't think that's ever going to, uh, that feels like a, a different, I don't know how to answer that at all because there's no going back to how things were in 2019. <laughs> there's just not, I mean, yeah. the whole, everything's changed. Um, like I have to be on TikTok now. You know, like that's the thing, and like it's really hard. Say have to be. Yeah, like yeah. Why? F- why phrase it that way? Um, this really annoying thing of reality um, <laughs> <laughs> that we all share, and what works, and what's bookable, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you have to participate, and you guys are doing that with a podcast. But there are some people that have this. Honestly, it's, uh, I don't think people realize it, that it's like an ego issue. If you're like, oh yeah, self promo is like so gross. I don't want to do it. It's like, get over yourself. Right. Kind of like you're saying you're too good for the social media. Yeah. Yeah, Like this is a business and like nobody cares about your feelings. Your job as a comedian is to make people feel good Mm -hmm. and make them laugh and be entertaining. So like deal with it or don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's nobody has time for hearing about how you don't want to do something, you know? Right. Yeah. And if you're not getting the traction that people are getting on those places, well, that's why. (laughs) 
I mean, it couldn't be easier than that. Like there's no rules or logic to how you're able to get success in those places. It's really stupid stuff that blows up sometimes. But like if, if you're asking for somebody to book you and they can't type your name in a search bar and find instant proof of your being a valid working professional at this, that's crazy. You yeah. know, you should also be sending them your bio and clips and all that stuff, but like you should be <laughs> establishing your presence in these spaces. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any questions or am I just, <laughs> do you guys just want me to like manifest a verbal manifesto? Is that what this is? Well, I had well, questions, but you keep like taking one answer <laughs> and then developing it into the next two questions that I had. It's a very Sorry. efficient system. Cool. Don't apologize. <laughs> this is amazing. We're going to be out here in 23 minutes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, it's, I think there's a lot of like people idealizing the being on the road lifestyle and it's a very cool thing to do and try. And I encourage anybody to like, yeah, leave your comfort zone and do comedy in new places. But like, I mean, during the pandemic, like live somewhere with a sink, <laughs> you know, did you, did you start out that way? idealizing the road when you like got no. off or did you go I never out even with... plan to do stand-up really <laughs> yeah what well, okay. yeah. was the plan <laughs> i mean i don't know she but... just drove out there and, and <laughs> opened my notes. no i started in chicago i never had a car when i started but um i did uh oh man yeah i i had a story about bombing that i thought of but there's another one that i told <laughs> last night to my friend that yeah uh when i started i didn't have uh I didn't have a car and I did improv and then it just kind of like turned into doing stand up, and then that just became my obsession, I guess. Uh, so yeah, then the road thing just sort of organically developed as well, like doing out of town stuff and then oh, I could do two in a row and make it a trip and wow. come back and it's like how so, much of my life can I put in this car so that I don't ever have to come back? Yeah, well, that that was later in the development of that. But yeah, exactly. And so was it just really like you were planning these legs of like trips and eventually you're like, I don't have to go back or I can just live in my car like this or um, I had done a few runs that were like two weeks, okay. you know, and you know, every night book, different cities and, uh, staying with people. Honestly, what wears on me the most now at this point is not even the grind of social media is social media is number one wearing me down, but then be, like, it's not even the grind of like doing the shows or driving. I don't mind driving at all. It's the, um, being a constant house guest Yeah, and you have to constantly, you know, be in the moment with your host and, you know, so there's a lot of time that you'll spend just like being social and every now and then you get to see people you love and get to like hang out and chat right, and right. like, I love those moments. I wouldn't like, that's my life as I know it. Like that's me having a life. Yeah. Um, but then there's also people that it doesn't really click with that well and you still are in their space and like you have to kind of entertain them beyond yeah, there, it's there's a lot. A lot of times where I wish I was a bigger piece of shit, and definitely like staying over at someone's place is one of those where it's like, <laughs> I didn't care at all what they thought. I could just like lounge on their couch and eat their food. And yeah, feel like, great about it. Like right. the guy on the couch vibe from Half yeah. Baked or whatever. Like, yeah, just I've abs- spent yeah a lot of time feeling like the guy on the couch, but I never try to like be a 
like a space waster. Yeah. Or right, like right. A, but what if you were without shame? That would feel right, awesome. Right. <laughs> but it is that it's like, I was just talking to another comedian about it of just like, you're constantly just kind of trying to like, when you talk about confidence and growth as a human, it's kind of like, yeah, take up space. But as somebody staying with people, you're kind of always trying to fit into the space that's not in the way. Yeah. What space is available? Yeah. And can I be that shape? And I'm very, I mean, also there's a lot of people that want to do what I'm doing, but they don't realize that I've, from years of living in Chicago, have made connections and have friends all over the country that open their homes to me that are not comics, that I am in, you know, the comics too, but I'm very lucky to have friends with real jobs and like... (laughs) you know, uh, guest rooms and really comfortable accommodations. Sometimes I get lucky with that. So yeah. Um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked for me if I was just depending on the kindness of strangers or new friends. It was a lot of comfort of like people who cared about me already and were trying to help me out. Yeah. Like with most things, it's networking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Back when I was networking my way through life, I made a lot of networks. (laughs) Yeah. But the van thing, like, so I did two week trips a bunch of times and I would always, it started out too, like not even a goal of like getting on the road. It started out a goal of, I have to go to Massachusetts for uh, a, a thing, you know, or I have to go to a wedding in New York or I have to go, there's a family problem. I have to go down to Texas. So I would try to plan the trip in a way where I could make stops on the way and kind of make it about me. No. <laughs> How can I make this wedding about me? No, like pay for my gas. I used to have one merch. I sold horse pussy buttons is what they said. And I had a joke for that. And yeah, like I would make my money for gas, like just selling my shitty, (laughs) my buttons. And yeah. Uh, so it just organically developed and I, it took a few of those like trips that I were obligatory for me to be like, well, where do I want to go? And like, what's the city I want to do comedy in? And like, I'd love to go to Denver for comedy or I'd love to go to Atlanta. Like, I don't have any obligations there. I just want to make my way there. You yeah. know, how do we string things along until I end up at that point on the map? Right. Yeah. And from all the branching out and festivals, you, your network in the business sense expands. And so, you know, people who know people at least and yeah. can connect you to the right people. Or you are like, I just need to cross Delaware off my list. <laughs> <laughs> Have no luck finding anybody, and then you do a Google search of comedy in Delaware, and you find a guy named Fenris. That's it, like Madonna, just one <laughs> name, Fenris. And you go to do the show in Delaware, and it is one of the worst. This wasn't even a bomb because, like, the whole show, like, the show bombed on me. Like, I don't. This guy. I mean, thank you for letting me cross that state off my list. I'll never go back. But like. He did, did Finris wear a wolf pelt because that's the only possible like no he was bald and he pl- he had chimes he had like okay a, that fits better he yeah. had the chimes <laughs> and he had a song about uh, he's Muslim and he had a song about being a pussy terrorist and oh. he does like the tongue like ah! Like more, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't know. I'm not. I'm just quoting. I don't know if I should have said that, but edit that out. Um, <laughs> and then he says the pussy terrorist thing, and then he does the on the chimes, and it's very wow. Bad. That's what wow. Did He's gonna find this on Google, and don't don't type Fenris. 
I think you find like a Norse god and then probably him. That's the two. Yeah, it's the third clip. <laughs> yeah, but that was an example of me not having a connection through a friend and just like cold calling, randomly messaging somebody who, hey, we did it. I performed in Delaware, so that's great. Was, but Was there a trip that was like your ideal trip that you had? It's like... Yeah, I mean, there's some... So after a bunch of these loops and... I would always get a little squirrely after two weeks, you know, and the car would be hectic. Like the only way to maintain a longer trip is I learned on my longest trip I had done in 2018 was like once a week, which I'm past due right now. Mm. You have to take time and like rearrange your whole car because things just get thrown yep. around in there. Yep. And it's the feeling of like digging through clothes. And it's so annoying. So, um, in 2018, I wanted to get all the way to Portland and the West Coast and LA. And so I decided to plan like a much longer, epic, like 40 dates um, tour. And I knew that that was going to either like break me <laughs> or just like change me. And um, I mean, I can say the first time I went on the road down to Texas, on the way down, I was doing like spots or open mics, even closing out open mics and stuff like that. And then on the way back from Texas, it was all headlining stuff. And that was all new to me. Like I did my first 45 um, in Springfield on the way back up from Texas. And like, I didn't know that I was. They, I get there, they're like, you're doing 45. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, Interesting, because it's always so set in my mind where it's like, okay, you open, and then you feature, and then you headline, and then you go out on the road. Right. But you were just like, let's go with it. Yeah, I got a car. Let's let's just go. Well, yeah, I mean, you can still do spots in other cities without headlining, and so that was my... I wasn't doing it to make money. I was spending money and, like, selling horse pussy buttons, like, whatever (laughs) to make it, eating Arby's. Gotta keep horse pussy buttons moving. (laughs) I literally... My diet was Arby's sliders every day from 2 to 5. They have dollar sliders, so I would go get cheap sliders and... You guys are, I can tell you're new at comedy because you're excited about cheap sliders. <laughs> no, I was just like amazed about gastrointestinal stuff. I'm like, you can do that? <laughs> I, I had one buffalo chicken wrap like two hours ago and it, I'm doubled over the table. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you get it. That's not his podcast posture. He's yeah. in pain. <laughs> yeah, I would get the buffalo chicken slider. Yeah, yeah it's powerful. Yeah. I'll say yeah. that about it. It's, I mean, that was every day for me. Wow. Pack of cigarettes and uh, yeah, <laughs> and then just the rest of it on gas. And I wouldn't spend money on hotels. I still don't because they're outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. And I get there at what midnight, one a.m., and then I have to check out at eleven. That should be illegal. Yeah, you yeah, know, you're paying that much money for like seven hours. Yeah. So I always try to find places, and that's how the car sleeping started, and it evolved into like a whole thing. But like. Uh, yeah, I was very encouraged slash freaked out by the way it, it had changed from little spots to like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Rena Calm from Chicago is closing us out. And, <laughs> oh, oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that the 40 date one that was in 2018, and I wanted to have better merch for this longer trip to make it because you really do have to have merch to make it more lucrative, and. I wasn't ready to record an album, so I published a book of puns, and they were all like posts that I'd found on my own Facebook or Twitter with illustrations. I put a lot of work into it, and like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm proud of it. 
Um, but I just wanted people to have something, you know, physical, like to to take home. And I'm glad I did that. I'm glad that I'm like, yeah, I'm an author now. And (laughs) right. Yeah. And I, it's different, you know, and I don't have copies of my album because I don't feel like, I feel like ordering CDs would be like a box of pollution, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I still sell the book and I have other merch now, but anyway, I got the book ready in time for, I think I had my mugs then too, my coffee orgasm mugs. Yeah. I have these mugs that I sell. Did you say orgasm? They say, don't talk to me until I've had my orgasm. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. So I had coffee those. Coffee orgasm also worked in my head. I'm like, yeah, that I mean, does I like feel coffee, like the first cup of coffee. a whole lot. It's just, morning. it's a mug for, it's where you put your orgasm. Uh, oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> 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 Fill her up. This one's almost full. <laughs> yeah. So I went into that tour more ready, and then I actually didn't get my physical books until I got to LA. Like the way that the timing and all that stuff with shipping okay. happened. They met me in LA, and that was like a really special moment of like, oh my god, <laughs> when I held my baby for the first time. <laughs> But yeah, so that trip took me from Chicago up to Portland and then down the coast and then back up again to Chicago, real big loop. And um, for that trip, I had my Prius, which was great for gas mileage, but also the cost of repairs on a Prius makes you want to drink gas. So oh, I don't know if I would recommend it because <laughs> it's honestly like the same difference. Really? Mm-hmm. So you're only saving money until something goes wrong. Uh Sick. Yeah. Okay. During 2020, when I had zero income and couldn't get unemployment from anywhere because I worked in too many different states to qualify for benefits anywhere. So I was literally surviving on charity and food stamps and friendship. And I, my engine broke down Uh, and I had to get a new engine in my Prius. And that was $6,000. And... The battery would have been next. The battery's three thousand dollars. I just replaced That's... my battery in my minivan. It was like two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. So I'll Quite pay more difference. for gas to be able to have manageable maintenance. No, no my Subaru for six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. No, a whole Subaru. Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of old, but I also just like I didn't have a car at the time, so I Ubered to the car dealership with six thousand dollars, and then I made the guy the offer, and I'm like. I also can't get back, and that's all the money I have. So, uh-huh. <laughs> was that part of your offer? You're a horrible negotiator. Well, <laughs> he's not going to get more money out of me because I didn't have any way to get to it unless I had a Subaru. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> my minivan, like I got it in Texas because my Prius got totaled by a, after I got the new engine in 2020. My Prius got totaled by a drunk driver down there last year. Um, yeah, that's going around. And Cincy, yeah, yeah. Drunk, drunk driving, driving? is yeah, the, it's going the around. City like official sport is drunk <laughs> driving. I'm convinced. I mean, yes. am I wrong? No, I would said that because someone we know actually yeah. had that happen. Are they okay? Recently. Yeah, they're fine. Car, not so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys in Cincy have those flags on the crosswalk of like, have you seen those? Like outside of Chameleon by the intersection there, there's like a crosswalk where instead of, there was a lot of people getting hit by cars. And so instead of like putting a speed bump or a stop sign or a light, 
they just put buckets of flags, reflective orange. I have one in my car. I thought it was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. I've, <laughs> I've lived here for a while and never noticed that. I think that's maybe yeah. the only place, mm-hmm. but like there's these buckets of orange reflective flags. So I guess the thing is if you're drunk, pick up a flag when you cr- make a little parade and wave your flag so people see you. What a north side thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I remember like that night after the show, Josh O'Neill got hit by a drunk driver, like right after, I mean, he's, he's okay also, but his car got damaged. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's still Josh O'Neill, but yeah. he's all right after the accident. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's a valid, uh, that happens here. That's yeah. part of the Jesus. culture. Yeah. Yeah. That is the culture. It's like, nah, we won't fix the alcoholism. We'll just make them more obnoxious to be safer. More flags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more flags. If you throw up, just do it on a bed of new. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh shit really don't learn about your own city until someone who's been in what performed in 48 states comes and has that context (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that's you guys do that here Uh, (laughs) throw up on noodles get hit by drunk drivers but it's it's also not a like since he has a lot of twists and turns to it too yeah narrow streets yeah that one exit that you, it's like you merge with I-71 and then you have to get over four lanes in about 500 feet. Yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of people in like Iowa are wasted, but they just have a long straight shot to drive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, where was I? This was cracked me up. I think it was Nebraska where I was driving one time and like, it looked like whoever made the lines on the road was wasted because <laughs> they were all like zigzaggy Hell and like yeah. wonky and shit. And like, it was like the permanent, <laughs> it's the paint on the, it's the street lines. <laughs> That's it was very awesome. funny. Yeah, that's either a wasted construction worker or someone got screwed out of their pension and was just like, I paid dues for 35 years and right. you're kicking me yeah. out? All right, fine. You're going to get pulled over for being sober on this road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So since he's hard to hide it, same with Indy. Indy, people are wasted driving around there. When I was there last week, like, I mean, the Friday and Saturday night drives were terrifying because, I mean, ever since the accident, I'm definitely like Yeah, it'll spooked. put you on edge. And yeah, people, it's like the wild west Detroit too. Like there's just no rules. Like you just go for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ask questions later. Austin is a nightmare. Austin is where my accident happened and people in Austin, I have a theory about it cause they've got enormous roads. Like there's so much room. There's no need for accidents. Right. Everything's bigger in Texas. Right. Why are people running into each other? But everybody's also driving 75 miles an hour. Like as this, that's the speed limit, 75. And that's like a road you'll turn off of is a 75 mile an hour road. <laughs> like somebody's driveway is the, you know, so. 75 and you just drift into a Taco Bell drive through. Yeah. 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 But I also, I think part of that is the driving is so bad. And like, I honked at somebody behind me in Mm -hmm. Austin, like, and I think it's because they have all this room. And so they've never had to share the road. And like, I grew up in Massachusetts. It's tiny. Like you have an inherent like knowledge of my turn, your turn, zippering into traffic. Like there's order or there's chaos. And I feel like Texas has just never had to share the road. And so now everybody's just like racing each other. LA is known for traffic, but like, because of that, like, even if you're in bumper to bumper traffic, if you put on your directional, somebody lets you in. Right. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, you know, like you're not going to get ahead in life one car length, you know? Right. So 
you let them in. And in Austin, it's like they're in a race to beat you to it. And it's very dangerous. I mean, that's from the insurance company, too. They were like, they're overwhelmed with the accidents down there. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Not a whole lot of times that it's backed up by data like that. Yeah, right? Yeah. When, when yeah. an insurance adjuster is just like, yeah, another one from fucking you, Austin. You guys are yeah. leaving a paper trail. <laughs> no, like, you suck in writing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's our job to calculate it. And we yeah. calculated. Y'all terrible. She broke Excel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, when you got surprised that you were headlining and doing your first 45. Yeah. From the moment that you got that surprise information to like you hitting the stage, how much time did you have to sweat about that? Well, the rest of the show before me, so probably like half an hour and then I was probably there like, you know, maybe half an hour early on a good day. Okay. So maybe I had like an hour leading up to the show, but this is a lesson I learned when I was in New York the first time I was supposed to do six minutes and I was very like, okay, these are my six minutes running it in my head. Like mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm going to say. Then right before I go up, he's like, I'm going to have you do 10. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it's in the dark room. Like you can't, I can't even look at my notes. So it's like, you just yeah. have to act like that's fine and proceed with confidence. Like nobody get, you're going to show them you're worried about that. You lose your opportunity. Yeah. Hmm. So you just, okay. And I like figured out what I was going to do and I had a good set there. And so same thing of like, you're doing, you're closing it out. You're doing 45. Okay. And then I'm frantically looking at my notes, but like, can we just establish a rule? If somebody's looking at a a notebook, (laughs) don't talk to them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. But if you're the headliner, everybody wants to talk to you. And so I'm like trying to hold court, but at the same time, like all I want to do is like freak out about my set list. Right. I think it went fine. Like I was definitely close to having 45 at that time anyway. So like it went fine, but like, yeah, the first one's really hard, you know? I still have, I think, like, surprise. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But I think I, I still have like one guy that follows me online from that show and like, no shit. So it couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. I surely disassociated through most of it. So I don't <laughs> actually remember a lot. And I was drinking then, so I don't remember it fully, but I know it went fine. <laughs> <laughs> how, how like, were you doing a weekend there or like, when no, it was like a Thursday night one off. So how much time between that surprise and your next, uh, headlining gig that you're doing 45? Again? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I, it kind of blurs because I probably, I think one of the first clubs I ever headlined and it couldn't have been long after that was the drop in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And that's such a great room to learn the ropes in. Like at least, especially the old location was really good for that. I mean, it's in like a hotel now and it's a little bit, feels like a little bit more upscale, but it's still at heart, still the same thing. And yeah, they gave a lot of people their first headlining weekends, including myself. I also had, I think, one of my first feature weekends there. Oh, no shit. My friend that I was featuring for, and that's how the headlining weekend came. Like I featured there and then they brought me back to headline. But when I was featuring, I remember looking over my notes and she was like, you could do 20 in your sleep. And it kind of was a check that I needed to be like, yeah, like don't obsess about it. Just trust yourself a little bit more. And yeah, it's just a muscle you have to work. And then I never thought I would, I never even wanted to do an hour. I thought what a ridiculous thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> who would talk for an hour? <gasps> who has that kind of time? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've done up to an hour and a half now um, when the crowd's really fun and it's just like, yeah, that's not, I didn't write a set for an hour. I don't ever write sets anymore, really. Um which is maybe a flaw. <laughs> maybe, um, but you know. I mean, if it's important, I will. But uh, And they're all important, but I feel like the most important thing is having fun. Yeah. And bringing your, good energy. What's your approach now to like get there, ideally? Get where? Um, to a good set. Like you, you don't write out a set list. Do you like do anything else to prepare? Um, I, I have like a kind of a... It's very organic, my writing process, as far yeah. as, like, I don't ever really sit down and write. I don't have time. I'll, like, write notes down when I'm, if I can think of it when I'm driving. I'll, like, jot it down voice to text or whatever. Like, I'll, if something's funny, I'll write it down somewhere, somehow. Quick notes, shorthand. But I don't really write stuff out ever. Huh. And I feel like a lot of my writing does happen on stage. Like, a lot of the fine-tuning, I'll come up there with, like, a structure of an idea and then I used to do a lot of improv. So for me, that's like, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, so I've written some of my favorite punchlines, like in the moment, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know how it just do it more. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, keep writing. That and, tracks and, with like it feeling like a muscle and like, yeah, just a, you build it. A I performance mean, performing it, not a performance that you craft and then, I mean, you've got to keep working your old stuff, too, to keep it sharp and all that stuff and finding new ways to, like, connect them. And, I I mean, at first you're just trying to fill the time, but after a while you're trying to, like, you know, build momentum to, like, connect dots and, like, all these things that elevate it. But, yeah, there's so many different kinds of 20s or 45s. It's, you know, depends on where you're at, both in your journey and, like, what the room is. (laughs) Where where's like hands down your absolute favorite show that you've ever done? Like the one time you came off stage feeling like fire. I mean, I don't know because there's. Is it like that every time for you? Because that'd be no. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not. I mean, but a lot of that depends on the crowd and all those things, and it's hard to pick a favorite. I've had really good shows like. Um, Barrel of the Bottoms in Kansas City. I had one of my favorite sets there. That was great. The Comedy Fort in Fort Collins. Like, such a fire room. Like, the audience is so great. Like, you just... The audience gives you energy, and then you ride off of it. Yeah. Um, In Brookings, South Dakota, never heard of it, but then I went up there, and uh, places, like, that you don't think of as often, like, West Virginia comedy slaps. Like, there's so much fun there, because the people don't take it for granted, you know? Huh. Okay. Um, I'm not saying that the comedy scene there, the comics there are wonderful. Like I've met some good ones and Cody Cannon runs the stuff out there and he's hilarious. So like he's got great energy. So yeah, I just, I don't know how to, I can't pick it. I truly couldn't pick a favorite. Um, the two shows that I did like an hour and a half on have to be on that list. Cause the energy from the audience was so great that like, yeah. it kept me surfing that long. You right. Know? Like you almost did an entire encore. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing an hour and a half. At yeah. That point. And not even all my jokes, like getting off stage after that, the first thing you think of is like, what didn't I say? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, my albums were great, but that was a different experience. And both of those recordings were like an hour and 10 minutes. Um, 
and those were very structured and planned, but also right. not, I did two different record, like two different sets kind of, or changed it up a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like all the good ones <laughs> <laughs> trying to live in the moment, you know? So yeah. it's hard to pick a favorite. Surfing. <laughs> Is, is it mostly the audience energy when you go back to revisit that? Yeah. I mean, that's when I say I don't really write a set list, like I'll know how I'll start. And a lot of times I like surfing into it. If it feels good, if it vibes, like whatever the last comic was talking about, I hosted an open mic in Chicago for eight years. So I'm used to like kind of taking that set as a suggestion for like something relevant to kind of like, you know, roll it into the next guy of like, you had a geriatric open mic. It ran for eight years. That's a long time. It's still running. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a it's mummy. A really good open mic. That's yeah. wild. That's awesome. Yeah. Three dead nice. moose in Chicago. Huh. It's every Sunday. And, uh, and I wasn't there a lot for the last year I was doing it. I had people filling in. Just but. plugging your 18 year old open. <laughs> like, yeah. Make it out to the three moose. That was how I started. My, my first stand up set was hosting that mic when it started. That's awesome. When yeah. you started it, was it one live moose? Uh, ah, we're definitely cutting that out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, we're adding sound effects in later. I That's hate how we you do that. so much. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh. I started hosting an open mic, which is not a common thing. And that mic got really popular. So I was in a really weird position of like all the people I respected, like were at my mic and yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, like in open mic posts, people kind of see you at your worst a lot of the time. Yeah. Like yeah. I bombed hard in front of a lot of people I respect <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, over right. and over and over again. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Another week. going to crack this egg open, see if it cooks. Yeah. But I also had the improv stuff. So I was... Even though I my material wasn't there yet, I was a really good host at like engaging the room yeah, and like being yeah. able to pivot on that back I was foot. cooking food and like all this stuff. Like <laughs> I mean, we also had free shots. Like I mean, I made it a party. I produced yeah. a party every week. Like that was my goal and That's dope. Yeah, it is dope. They're still <laughs> sh- they still do shots, but nobody's making lasagna, okay? <laughs> Part of the magic is dead. Honestly, one of the craziest things I've ever done in fucking comedy was the night that I made lasagna and also like a tray of twice baked potatoes, which are super labor intensive. Like, I don't know. What? I don't know why. Twice the labor of a normal baked potato. (laughs) At least four times. You're scooping out the inner flesh. It's burning your hand. You're like, I got to mix it up and put it back and reassemble it. Don't crack the skin. It's It's a process. And lasagna. And lasagna. Uh, and desserts and stuff. And hosting. Like, let's not forget about that part. Oh, I did very often. I usually <laughs> was like, well, I'll be there. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, I really cared about it. Uh, it's probably why it's still running. I mean, you, yeah. you put roots in the ground. Also, though, like, yeah, I put roots in the ground, but it doesn't matter. None, none of what we're doing is mattering. Like, no. no <laughs> These are all bar shows, and if nobody cares, none of it matters. It all disappears the minute... The, some of the biggest, most reputable shows I've done or have heard of in my timing doing comedy have completely fizzled out and disappeared because people move on, and yeah. they're forgotten so quickly. I mean, mm-hmm. old people that have been there will remember them fondly and talk about them, but there's a constant... Being in Chicago showed me, and everywhere now, but there's a constant influx of new people starting comedy. Constant. It will yeah. never cease. And so you don't know who's going to get better, who's going to be good. Like it's, you know, you got to kind of just, um, 
understand that perspective is always going to be in the room of like somebody being like, wow, you know, no matter how bitter or burnt out you could get. So I have always, and also the scary aspect of starting comedy, it's very scary. It's very vulnerable. And so there's always been something that I, I've had a trait of like kind of wanting to make sure the people who feel like scared or left out feel included and like, you know, supported when they're going up there to bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So (laughs) when I left, uh, when we did our like going away show for me or whatever, my mic, like somebody made a comment about how I'm so nice. I'm always laughing at everybody and like laughing at their jokes, even if they're bad. And <laughs> I, I had to make it very clear that like, yeah, like I'm not, always, I'm really rarely actually listening though. It's just like, <laughs> I, I'm just stoned and kind like, <laughs> and I'll be like looking at the list or thinking of my own thing and like hear the cadence of a joke right. delivery, right. you know, yeah. yep. I've caught myself laughing at just the cadence before. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, Hey, they tried a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like making sound to keep it alive. Yep. And yep. we also, my mic sat up at the front, like by the next to the stage, there's the bar and the stage right there. And so we sat at the bar, like right by the stage. So no matter, even if the room started getting chatty, like we were always right up front, like yeah. paying attention and laughing and stuff like that. Being engaged with the show so mm-hmm. that, you know, someone has something bouncing back at them and they're not screaming into the void. Yeah. 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 Kind of like holding people's hand, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you didn't bomb completely. I was there and I acted like it was funny. <laughs> yeah. We were all there. Remember? Let's go to the bar. <laughs> you guys have, I, you, I mean, we didn't talk about me bombing at all. Well, I was just about to say, speaking <laughs> of bombing, you almost got away with it <laughs> right there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said that you, you had to brush up on notes on a bombing story that you had prepared. Uh, I'm very excited to hear. Well, what there's that a couple, is. I ha- I thought of one that I brought in, uh, to share, but then last night I was reminded of like when I did my first 45 in Springfield on that tour, caught me by surprise. But before I did that 45, at some point in the years leading up to it, I had done an hour and <laughs> sounds, you didn't mention it when you talked about the 45. Yeah, that was, that's, that's good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did not have an hour. I maybe had 20 like, but this lady was like, um, would you like to do my sister's a bachelorette party. It'll be a surprise and I'll give you $700. I'm like, yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, it paid my rent, but wow, did I ruin their bachelorette party. <laughs> uh, it, they were, this was not just like go on stage and do an hour. I was a surprise on a party bus. No. Yeah. And oh God. <laughs> these ladies all just thought they were going to see I don't know who, I can't remember her name, but I want to say Belinda Carlisle who, from the Go-Go's. <laughs> I think, I don't even think it was her, but I think that we'll just say that. And yes. they were going to see Belinda Carlisle. I didn't have a car then. So I had to take the train out to the burbs to go meet them. And I was like running late. Which take is, the train to a bus. <laughs> and an Uber. I was waiting for my Uber and like frantically going over my notes and trying to like structure this hour, 10 oh minutes at a time God. to get through it, you know? And, uh, so first of all, already blew it by showing up late to it. Nobody knew I was coming and they're just like, why aren't we leaving yet? You know, Belinda Carlisle, away to start the bus. 
And then I show up and they're, they're like, surprise, we have a comedian. The maid of honor loved comedy. You know who didn't? Uh, the bride. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And so I had to do an hour. The Also the mother and the mother of the groom were there. And I started with talking about like blowjobs and it was just, oh, it landed so poorly. Just and dove right in there, didn't you? <laughs> you would think for a bachelorette party though. that Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. No. And then <laughs> this not. was a pleasant time that I ruined. <laughs> and then the bride got motion sickness on the so <laughs> from your comedy or just the bus the, who, honestly <laughs> let's, yeah let's say it was the bus but like let's be honest it was probably a combination group you know? efforts yeah well also picture this i have no microphone and so I'm just holding on to the handles to not while the bus is in motion and there's like flyers or sorry, coolers like flying at me <laughs> on the ground. So I'm just like dodging coolers and trying not to fall over and trying to remember anything to say. And they're Jesus. already up. And then she got sick. So it turned into her sitting in front of me. And so me like addressing the rest of the people, like, are you guys having fun? And then turning around being like, are you okay? And are you having fun? Are you okay? Anyway, it was a nightmare. Then it just kind of turned into like us all just talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I but think like that's the best case scenario with that. Yeah, kind of thing. we all just kind of started chatting and sharing stories. But yeah, I was still going to earn my money, so I kind of was still kind of like standing up halfway, like leaning on the chair and talking with them, like <laughs> still establishing my dominance, and that I'm here as the professional. But yeah, can everybody else talk? <laughs> Uh, and sorry. So we get there and they're like, well, do you want to go see, uh, Belinda Carlisle or whatever with us? And I was like, no, uh, I definitely, I'm going to get this train and thank you anyway so much. That's been enough of this nightmare. <laughs> but then I had the train schedule wrong and there was no train and my phone was like going to die. No, They saw me still out there by the fence and they were like, Hey, it was like two hours later. And like, no, what? <laughs> yeah, they came back and they saw me like two hours later, just kind of by the house. <laughs> like, hey, do you want to come watch Belinda Carlisle with us? <laughs> also, it was rude of me to say no. They like bought me a ticket, and I was like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> and so that's the story of how I went and saw Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> like, I went in and I sat that's, with them. That's oh my god, uh, I've never gotten paid seven hundred dollars to go see Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> was really her i forget her name but yeah <laughs> insert equitable artist like, yeah yeah like did i bomb i got to see a concert and i paid my rent so yeah i don't i don't know if that technically counts uh <laughs> i don't think i described a comedy show i think i described a nightmare like yeah that was just a bad time that yeah. came with a check the one i was gonna talk about was because i did in 2020 getting back out on the road i mean I didn't really have a choice to not perform. Like some people were, I had to take any income I could get and without having like a home base, I couldn't really like apply for jobs and I was still transitioning like where I was going to be. Uh, so I planned an all outdoor tour, stopped in Cincy. Uh, I did an all outdoor tour to get to the West coast cause I had some casino gigs in Oregon and they paid really well. And so I was like, it's worth the drive, but I'm going to like set up some outdoor stuff on the way because I'll be damned if I'm going to get COVID before I get to these paychecks. <laughs> <laughs> and so like half the shows got canceled for rain and 
Oof. Then I got to Coos Bay, Oregon, and I had done some... Coos Bay. Yeah. <laughs> I had done some like... like appetizer. That's why I looked at you. It sounded like something that you had made recently. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. No, sounds like an Arby's appetizer. Yeah, like. don't eat the Coos Bay. Have you guys ever done a casino show? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, I think we're like time's up. But let me tell you, most casinos don't. Like they have a certain amount of money that they have to spend legally on entertainment to be like a legal above the board. Oh. Like they can't just be giving people booze and taking their money. There also right. has to be yeah. like a mandatory entertainment budget. So the shows pay really well, but like they're also free to the people there a lot of the time. And uh, so nobody cares about the show. Right. Like you're a distraction from the slot machines. Sometimes there's slot machines in the room and like you just have to, yeah. You're a TV at Planet Fitness for these people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You are. And this, I got, I had done some camping and it was beautiful along like the way to get to Oregon. Um, But then when I got there, I pulled in and I woke up that day to the news that Joe Biden had just been announced as president, like a few days, you know, a couple weeks, whatever, after the election, like he's the official president. And like my friends in cities are like celebrating and like happy. How's how's Coos Bay, Oregon doing with it? Yeah. How was that? How was that news out in Coos Bay? Listen, (laughs) you can't expect it to be a positive experience, but like you pull up and it's just like. You can just tell, like, from the sign out front, like, this is not good. (laughs) And it was a clean show. Uh, I had to do a clean hour, 45 minutes. Gross. Yeah. Um, So that's already hard. But then the audience was, like, super disruptive. I mean, I didn't finish a single joke at any point in that. At one point during that 45 minutes, I just said, I have mental health problems. And it wasn't... (laughs) It wasn't part of a joke. It was just me like letting my, like saying out loud to like establish how I'd inexplicably spent places like my time in places like this. Like, why am I in Coos Bay, Oregon with these people? Wow. This is a nightmare. And then like the table that was the worst and the most distra- Oh, one guy said during the show that he was armed and had a gun, but he was definitely there to protect his wife and not me. And what uh, a weird I, heckle. Yeah. Um, there what? was a lady with a gun at the show last night in Cincy and she, we found out afterwards, but it was, I, first of all, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but also just like me and the other comics, just like, Oh, okay. Like <laughs> that first one was a casino marshal. <laughs> <laughs> the lady's excuse was. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, okay. Right so on. We're not supposed to swear, but then I finally got towards the end of it and I'm about to finish and be done. And then this guy walks in as you can just, walk in it's a casino it's coming in and have a seat at any point oh god this guy walks in and just shouts trump 2020 and like a lot of people cheered and i just was like look they told me it had to be a clean show so i'm not saying that and also like i'm not going to say his name and whatever you believe can we all just agree that we're really sick of talking about the election yeah. can we all just agree to that we're sick of this topic like it's nobody wants to talk about it down the middle diffusion 
And how did that go over? They, they, I was so relieved that they oh, were like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah we hate it. All you right, know? Sick. Good, good. But then the worst table from that experience decided to stick around for the second show. So oh. I had to do like oh, two no. different 45 minute clean crowd control nightmares. Uh, wow. Those and are two very different bombs from. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> I mean, I was in charge. I was, I had material, but I couldn't do it. And it was, I'm not the cleanest comic, you know, like my material is, I can do clean, but that's not my best. And I, yeah, it was also just terrifying because of COVID still it was like 2020 still and nobody had vaccines. So I was like afraid of everyone in the room. You could die in so many ways in this casino. Yeah. <laughs> there's a guy like, with a gun. There's a virus. There's. Yeah. Jesus. I'm like risking my life to like, yeah, do a, to bomb. And then. I was reminded of this night yesterday because I had a, in your, like my memories notifications popped up on Facebook of a screenshot from a lady that was in that annoying group messaged me in February of the next year. This happened in November. And then February she messaged me and she was like, I found your sticker. I was there in Coos Bay that night. And I was in that table of really loud people doing shots. And I just wanted to say that I was really embarrassed and I wanted to apologize, but I was so embarrassed. I didn't know how to come up and tell you. And I'm just really sorry that we did that. And I just want you to know I've been following you and I think you're awesome and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm a fan. It's like, wow. <laughs> All it takes is a couple of mental breakdowns in public. And then <laughs> three months later, you have, bam, a new follower on Instagram. There you go. At <laughs> least <laughs> she's so far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry my family did that. Holy <laughs> like, oh, <shit>. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a fan for life, though, right? Like, Sh- bitch, you better be. <laughs> you better be listening to this podcast, whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so the way that we like to wrap these episodes better listen to this i'm sorry i think that that should be your outro you better be listening to this podcast whore that can't be our words of wisdom that that's pretty that's pretty wise to me that's, i feel like i could grow off of that Oh, God. <laughs> if, if you just had one succinct, quintessential piece of advice for our audience, what would it be? You can't just say the thing again. And <laughs> yeah, you better follow me on Instagram, whore. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> that's, that's it! Thanks for listening, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's as good as it gets. <laughs>